you you are somebody who from a very young age has been on stage has been somebody that um has pursued music with just like your everything and seemingly had the support can you talk a little bit about that journey and what it meant for you to start out um you know very young with that direction and that path yeah cuz i think most people that i talk to always think that i have somebody in my family that does music and that's never been the case. And that's why I think that journey has been an uh, interesting one. And there are other, of course, musicians who go through that. But um, mm. for me, it's been just a, a lot of learning, um, self-learning. But I did have the support um, in the sense that my mother um, definitely put forth her like money and efforts to get me trainings and things like that. But um, I mm. don't really remember how I started. I remember the only point of reference I can say is that um, I watched Sister Act 2. And that's when my mother brought me that little... Um, it was a little plastic microphone and that's kind of how I started and that's the earliest I can remember but yeah it was a dope movie and I wore that cassette I still have it to this day I wore that cassette out backwards and forwards and it just felt like when I saw Lauren Hill going to school for music or going to school with uh, people who enjoyed music I just knew that was going to be my path for some reason so um, and that's really been the whole trajectory of my life so she I started vocal lessons and we moved to Lancaster, Texas, and I started lessons when I was, um, I think I was six, mm. and it was with the group people, and we would, we sung The Greatest Love of All, we sung, <laughs> um, we did, that was one of the first songs I learned, and it was, he was this guy, and we, he set all the kids down, he taught us little cute songs, and um, that's my first remembrance of going to um, training, and then um, after that, did like little stuff with my grandmother she would take me to vacation bible school and give me little solos so mm -hmm. it was just always, always starting the church always yes, starting the church i don't yes. really ever say i do but i guess i did <laughs> <laughs> you know she she was nice um yeah. to give me that because i sure wasn't hitting at that point i was singing off key wrong and strong but i had fun so <laughs> <laughs> she loved me anyway um and then hey miles davis say there are no wrong notes Herbie <laughs> hancock say there are no wrong notes yeah, so. there are no wrong notes, but there are definitely some that are not on the piano, <laughs> and I was hitting all of them. So. <laughs> I was singing in the key of what, and it was fun. So, uh, yeah, I, I had to learn all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, after that, I think, uh, I don't know, it's somewhere around like eight or nine, that's when I started doing classical music, and she got me with mm -hmm. Dr. Burton Bailey Parker, and it was it was his studio in his house, and his, he and his um I don't know if they were together it was really a different type of thing but she was an older lady and he was with her so I guess they were together but they lived together but they both did music and yeah. she taught piano she went to Juilliard she taught the piano side and he taught singing so I had to do all the Italian classical with him it's just it just built up since then so wow. um it, it sung with him till I got to high school. And then when I got to high school, I stopped taking classical and I started with Miss, of course, you're familiar with in Booker T, Miss Boucher, and I stayed there for four years. So, yes, to that, going to college. So it just built up and built up and built up. So it was fun. So going to Berkeley, correct? Mm -hmm, that's correct. Now, these people have 320 Grammy winners. That's like Quincy Jones, Esperanza Spalding, mm -hmm. uh, John Mayer. Went I was there, say John Mayer, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. like esteemed. I, it had to be competitive, right? Like it, it wasn't just you just sign up and you get in, and it's just like, oh, we're here, and everybody's just living lovely. It's give me an idea of like what the environment was. 
I, yeah, definitely for sure. I'm, I'm going to touch on that, but I wanted to say about the production thing, because I said that's when you asked me that previous question, what have I learned since high school? I've learned delivery is very important, and oh, I've yeah. had to really understand um, talking and treating people in the way that I would want to be talked to and treated because I had harsh teachers. Um, none of those teachers were easy on me, even including in Berkeley. I cried almost every time I had a private lesson. It was very uh, hard. Yeah. But um, you 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 really, I feel like you need to pour into people instead of tearing them down. So I've learned that art of um, building them up, but also us creating something together that we are on the same page. You know, it doesn't always have to be like, this is, this is this. And, you know, Berkeley was different because um, I, I wasn't technically skilled. And when I went in there, you're dealing with world-class musicians. I didn't even know where the C was on the piano. And I had to call Miss Boucher and she, I said, I'm about Ooh. to go into this audition. They want to know where the C <laughs> note is on the piano. And I don't even know where it is. And she was like, it's the, can you write, you see those two black ones? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All that stuff you're talking about learning. They didn't, I had a choice to either learn the techniques of being a vocalist or being a pianist because my mother couldn't afford both. If I came from a wealthy family, I would have learned all that. Uh, but, okay. Yeah, she could only pay for one lesson. She asked me and I said, I want to learn singing because that's my passion. If I could go back, I would have definitely learned piano first. Oh. <laughs> I would totally. Um, but yeah, that process was hard because they were assessing everybody's skills mm -hmm. set. And so um, when I went into audition, you actually have to audition. I catch the last audition. Um, she drove me all the way to Boston because we couldn't afford to fly. We drove two days to get there, got there. Last audition for the next, it was 2007 school, you know, um, semester. The only reason I feel like I got in there is because that year I was learning about, uh, I was listening to a lot of old stuff and mm -hmm. I was listening to Shirley Bassey a lot. And I've told them that. And I think for a 18 year old, I think I was 17 going on 18 for them to say they like Shirley Bassey. <laughs> like, if you don't know, she's <laughs> the one who's saying gold finger and all that stuff. Yeah. And I was a performer and I wanted to perform like her. And, uh, -huh. uh they were kind of like, oh, you're weird. We'll let you in. <laughs> that, was my, that was my saving grace. They said she's an artist. She's really an artist. You <laughs> can bring her in. Bring her in, please. It's crazy. And every audition you go to, Berkeley, I don't care if it's for a show, the most intimidating thing to me is always, it's like, if you watch the movie, it's always these people outside singing scales. I kid you not if you go audition for a vocal thing. It's always they ah, <laughs> sitting there like I don't I don't sound like that. But, yeah. I, like but <laughs> I didn't care. I think you just have to be yourself and it worked out. But uh it was definitely some girls that was just killing the game out, just waiting for their audition. I was like, this don't make no kind of sense. Ain't it so hard not to compare yourself as an artist? Right. To me, I had to learn the the gift of perspective and also mm. how to um, be courageous enough to want to dig more into yourself. I think you can buy into that perspective, like you're in competition with other people and then mm -hmm. try to be that, or yeah. you can dig into it and be like, I'm in competition with these people. And the only way I'm going to win is to be myself. Yes. And that's kind of how I learned how to be because yeah. nobody's going to beat you being you. I mean, it's just point blank. There is something so authentic and original and unique about every individual. But when you try to compete and try to be with other people, you're, you're, you can compete. Um, but I think you're going to be always on a low, they call it like linear. You're never going to excel because 
it's fading. Um, there's trends, they're going to fade. Um, but when you're authentic, those are the pieces. When you think about Stevie and all those things that they made that still are relevant to this day, that he's touring to this day mm-hmm. because he was just trying to find the songs within his own heart. Yeah. You know, he wasn't trying to be smoky. He wasn't trying to be the rest of them. Love's so. in need of love today. Sounds like no other record I've ever heard yeah. in my life. Only only you can do that. Only you can pull that out. So mm-hmm. that's how I had to think of it. And it feels good. It's scary because you you know, you're going to be judged, but who hasn't been judged that ever walked this earth? Um, but you are that's going right. to find something that's going to just take you out of this world to make you so different from everybody else. So compete with yourself mostly. That's what I say. Mm, yes. Um, one thing that even though I did buy into the competition when I was real young, but I did like sort of adopt this kind of like the attitude of I'm the only person that knows what I'm capable of. And I'm the only person because of that, that can push myself to the limit that I need to in order to grow and outside of my box. Yes. And you can do it. I had a whole, uh, lesson I actually have done therapy and my uh, therapist the last one I had we're still cool and I send her like my music and stuff she's dope Mm -hmm. but she uh talks about that and I said I have no shame in saying that but I think the thing that I learned from her is we have to fill the cup from within when we're always looking for without you know without of us external and you have to build it up that's a healthy mindset to at least fill it halfway for yourself that's a hard thing to do mm-hmm. how how well do you think you you handle it uh how well do you think you um fill your cup before it's a work in progress that's what i'm working on now yeah. even and it translates music i feel like your life creates the music like yes. all these things that you i feel like as musicians we're very yeah. sensitive so all the things that we go through create these songs. So um, I'm still learning. And in that learning, I feel like I'm going to make better music because I'm being more healthier in how I approach, not looking outside for my validation, looking from within. So it's it's changing a lot. Even the songs that I'm liking now are different because I'm like, I'm finding it from my soul and I'm not trying to find what everybody else likes. I'm like, I like this, you know, so. What's something you like that you don't think people would think you like? something i like that i don't think we're talking about in terms of music mm-hmm. oh i like all types of music I, I definitely mess with some folk music i love me some brandy carlisle yeah i really dig that because they be they really sing if you listen to brandy that girl sings and uh, i used to listen to mary hopkins that's what i'm saying like i have weird tastes she sings a song called those were the days my friend old record that my grandma used to have i like folk i like alt rock because I went to ACM at UCO that really turned me on to alternative rock and indie rock. So, um, and you know, that that's not always, <laughs> I've lost people at gigs because I told them what kind of music I like. <laughs> oh, literally they walked out. I is like, it, Let's, what? Is that why you don't want to say it right now? Well, I mean, I don't like to say it amongst <laughs> certain people because I mean, certain people that I can tell they're not going to vibe with it. Um, if they're truly R&B cats and hip hop cats and we're in a session and I'm like, hey, let's turn on some Mary Hopkins. And like, oh, bro. So I don't want to really, <laughs> really want to. You better than me because I'll turn it on anyways. <laughs> but, uh, don't like... offend it. So what? <laughs> I want everybody to be comfortable, you know. So, yeah, I got to stop doing that, too. But 
I mean, maybe... turn it on anyway. He's okay. Yeah, like, hey, like, I know y'all don't know who Samara Joy is, but we gonna play the Samara Joy right now. Boom. You and then gorgeous and shout out to her grammy win that girl's phenomenal phenomenal amazing i heard uh she's only like 23 she's really young so to have a voice like that beautiful you know she was being herself yes who who sings like that at 22 you know she could have went the you know hip-hop route and stuff like that but it's like she was just like this is what i like this is me (laughs) she could have been like I don't know. You know how people pick like an artist or like two artists and they're like, that's that's me. Like, I'm going to be that. But like, I'm going to change this little piece here. Do you think you ever I I mean, we all kind of do it when we're young and we're learning our styles and we're trying to put it all together. But um, I don't know. Has that been your experience? Is that something that you. Yeah. Growing up, I. In the 90s, that's what the era that I grew up in, it was a lot of rich voices. And you don't really get that as much now, but no. it was a lot of like Anita's and Monica's. And even I'll say Christina had a rich voice when she started off. And I'm talking about like uh, Layla Hathaway, these mm-hmm. deeper tones. And I really contribute. I can hit a lot of lower notes in my lower registers, very rich, because that's how I grew up singing those type of songs. So I take little pieces from that. You know what I mean? It's like even men's voices used to have like used to be more baritone, used to be more Luther. Yeah. Do you have a routine that you use even for warming up for shows or anything out of the ordinary or? Um, not out of the ordinary. I just have a playlist that I warm up to and I like to drink like warm liquids, like warm water and things like that. But um, mm-hmm. really just I really don't like to talk before I sing. And my mother has learned that like she's like, I don't talk to her before performance because I just I like to kind of get into my own mind and keep my voice rested. And I don't want to be like shouting and stuff. So yeah. I'll just chill out uh, whether I'm behind stage or we're just waiting. But I, that's probably the only weird thing. But everything else is typical. Just practice and warm up and drink some good um, things that'll make your throat be nice and lubricated. So, yeah. What's your typical routine to practice for an event? So you have a show coming up and it's something that you know you want to kill. You want to make it your one. What are you doing, let's say, two months out? Yeah, that's what I'm doing now. The show's April 20th. <laughs> it's going to be in Detroit. And um, right now, I'm just working out to build up stamina. Um, I'm practicing. We're actually building the song right now. So I'm working with the producer to actually like make the track and make it like good for the show. Yeah. Um, but I'm once that's done, then I'm going to start rehearsing with the track, making sure that I have all my points, making sure the stage performance is going to be awesome, meaning like how I'm going to move on the stage. Um, we're picking out, I'm picking out outfits, trying to figure out what's going on with that. So I just try to prepare every little step to make sure that it's where, where it needs to be to, um, (laughs) I had an audition once and the guy said, you just didn't wow me. So I'm now I'm always focused on wowing (laughs) people. I just hope that I can bring something, but not even just the people. I got to wow myself first. So I'm like, if it doesn't make me say, wow, I have to go harder. So that's my whole product. I don't care about like what I drink and stuff as far as like a particular tea. My old teacher, the Dr. Parker, he said, you always drink echinacea. You always need to drink that. And I'm like, I tasted it and I was like, oh, oh, wow. It's a, it's a different type of herb. But, uh, like <laughs> you like echinacea? Honey in it. I do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different. So stuff like that, um, you know, people do lemon and 
water and honey and stuff so i just switch it up but i always like something warm i like to be warm because it makes me lose you know feel like the vocal cords are open but when it's cold i really get agitated because i'm like how can i'm supposed to perform and it's freezing (laughs) never performed outside i have and i don't like it i don't like it when it's cold it's not fun Well, fortunately for uh, this show, you don't have to perform outside. It is the (laughs) cover song contest grand finale showcase. It'll be at the Motor City Casino Hotel Soundboard in Detroit, Michigan. And it is sponsored by Masterpiece Sound Studios in partnership with Sony Music Publishing. Do you have any more you can tell us about that? That'll be April 20th for anybody listening, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Yes, Thursday. And I it's going to be so exciting. It's I think it's they have 11 on that flyer, but it's, it's supposed to be 10 or 11 of us performing. And the whole concept is just really fun. I saw it on Instagram mm-hmm. and um, I just said, why not? And they were basically looking for you to they had a set of songs that you could cover. And it was just creative. It was just so fun because it's like, here's the songs. And these are songs that are not um, as well known on their on their roster is like the the you know this is not the temptations my girl it's like these songs that they really feel like deserve more shine and get more royalties yeah so those are the ones they selected and we could take any one of those and there were like certain genres you could perform with them and mm-hmm. you just recreated it and just made so, it your own okay and so hopefully next year they'll do it again and um you know, it just keeps building and building, but you just create and make your own. And then they selected the contestants and then we get to perform it for it's three different prizes. But one of them is to be um, published with Sony and then it's a cash prize along with it. So hopefully we go out and compete and have fun. So that's dope. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the best of luck and all the best of wishes to you, of course, for that. Um, that is something that I feel like you deserve so much. Knowing you personally, seeing you work, us uh, at working together at one point in the studio, what what is it that that continues to to push you to continue to do things such as you know performing for the Tulsa Performing Arts Center and and all of these different uh, all of these other avenues like acting and things that you're taking up. I really think it's, and I think you understand when you when you really enjoy and you feel like you're called to do art, I think you can go away from it for a little bit and it's going to keep calling you back. I really think that no matter how much you try to walk away from all the artists, I think who have to go get nine to fives, who have to support themselves, but our heart is in the arts. That's what we are. That's how our brain works. It's not me really, I wouldn't say being perseverant. It's, It's really me. I can't not, it's like a breathing. It's like I can hold my breath only for yeah. so long yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean and and then it's like I have to get I have to breathe that and and art is my breath and so doing those different outlets um music has always been my favorite but all anything creative really helps me stay mentally stable I when I don't do anything creative for a very long period you can ask my family and particularly my mother I don't I'm not mentally well I'm not very um healthy when I don't do something creative so um big ups to all the like STEM, you know, I, I think those are wonderful a- academics and everything, but that's just not the way my brain works. And I can't do that for long periods without losing it. So it's like, I yeah. have to do something, whether it be singing, it really um, 
helps me. So I think that that's the only thing that, that keeps me going. It's like, after so long, it's like, I don't feel like I'm being myself. I have to be myself and do my little act and do my little singing and it, and it helps. Yeah. You feel like you, um, lost your superpower. Mm-hmm. You yes. feel like you lost your superpower when you haven't created or done anything in a long time. You feel like a normal person. Oh my God, I say the same thing. I feel like a normal man. And it's just like. Oh my God, that is so creepy. I literally say that same thing. That is creepy. I always, I always think of Clark Kent. And I always think of like whenever yes. he just puts on the regular outfits and I'm like, we're just, tr- we're walking around with glasses and regular <laughs> outfits and we're Superman. <laughs> We yeah. actually have superpowers. That's how I feel. Oh I've, my God, it's freaky. I have tried to push music away and it's like come back to me. Just opportunities, all kinds of things. I've also had it in different ways taken away from me due to like health issues and a bunch of other things. It calls you and it's like, it's our language. So we have to do it because we have to speak. You know, we have to express, we have to get it out. And it's the only way that makes sense for us to do it is sound, frequency, harmony, melody, bass, rhythm, whatever you want to call it, you know, um, genre wise. It was a show that I was watching and he was like a magician and lost his powers and then everything turned gray. And I said, don't you feel like people who don't do arts don't really understand like the sparkle and the magic of what goes on in the arts? Like, I'm trying to tell them. I'm like, you, you, it's a whole nother world. It's stage. It's light. It's studio. Y'all don't get it. It's, it's a, it's like our life comes alive, like all the colors. And then when you just do this regular stuff, it's like, this is not what we're used to. It's like, we're used to excitement and, oh, it's great. You're feeling all the time. Mm -hmm. You, you are just constantly like, ooh, oh, uh uh it makes us feel it it reminds us we're alive mm-hmm. we are like here we're conscious you know and that's like something that a lot of people seek in other things and i think we're very blessed and grateful to have it in a way that is just that just comes natural to us that was was in us before we even had training mm-hmm. that was in us before <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say before we were ever thought of in a way. I mean, yeah. And that's our frequency. And that's what we're tuned. It's almost like a radio. It's like when we, it's like listen to a radio station. It's like there's certain frequency stations that you like. And, and, and to me, that's just ours. It's like, we just really, that's Mm -hmm. where we like, that's, that's the station for me. It's like when we're doing our thing artistically, it just feels like that's where we're supposed to be. Um, yeah, mm. that's beautiful. I love that thing. It makes us feel. I love that. It does. That's a love artist self talking. It makes us feel. We just feel. <laughs> we feel all the time. Yeah. All the time. So yeah. many people use social media for that. Yeah. Yeah. Use social media to feel something, and it will make you feel something. It literally takes your emotions from like one place to another within a matter of like, um, point three seconds. Yeah. You know, you could be happy as all get out one day and then you look at your feet and all of a sudden you're in despair. You're in an existential crisis. You're your existential crisis. You're 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 like all over the place. All over the place. Yeah. Don't don't do that because that's challenging too much to the external. Don't do, do that. Yeah. 
social media is amazing, but it uh has its uh cons, very big cons. January sixth. Um, what was that? It's probably the biggest con of social media is the insurrection. Oh, goodness gracious, yeah. But <laughs> that's what that, I'm just saying. I prefer like better ways to feel. And I think music is a good way to feel. I think listening that's to music, true. absolutely making music is probably the best way to feel because you never know how you feel more than when you've played a note that is just not in your system. Mm -hmm. um, what are your fears or what have been some fears of yours um, in the creation of music or just being in the industry of music? Uh, being in the industry, I just, I think one of, even to this day, I struggle with it is feeling like I can't relate to everybody, but I can't do I that agree. to myself. Because I agree. That's, that's not my job. Because the thing is, when you're just being yourself, there will be people that you won't even expect that's going to be like, oh, I love that song. And they could be, you know, mohawk and tattoos on their face. You mm -hmm. can't. You're you're over. I was Quincy Jones always says paralysis through analysis, and I do that a lot. And I have to stop that. It's not my job to wonder who's going to like it, who doesn't like it. I'm just supposed to be an instrument and carry on these feelings and how I feel and let it go where it's supposed to go. So that's yeah. been my biggest struggle being in the industry. That fear of like just feeling like, oh well, you know, this group of people won't like it and stuff, and who cares? Just do you. And, and I can guarantee you there are going to be people from each group that are going to like it. So just be yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Be yourself. Um, create from an honest place. Um, I think that fear is real when you try to make music your everything. Mm -hmm. I've uh, remembered times in my past where music was pretty much where I put all my coins. It was the only thing I was working on. And when it didn't turn out well, my whole everything just kind of went with it. You know, I went to therapy for that and they told me something. When you do that, you're robbing yourself of your other identities. Jeremy is not just a musician. You are a brother. You're a son. You, you're you a boyfriend, a husband, whatever Whatever those other titles are. So when you just say I'm a musician and those and you put all your eggs in that basket, that's not your full identity. And you're yeah. you got to stop believing that when that crumbles, it makes you feel like you crumble because that's what you're identifying with. Mm -hmm. Just because and I used to do that, I have terrible performances. And then I would like literally just have my whole day blacked out. I was sleeping in the bed all day. Like it was terrible. You, it's a mental thing. That's not the totality. And then once I realized I'm like, I'm these other things as well. I'm a, I act, I do. So it stop, takes that weight off of it being like, that's all that you are. You're right. more than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much more. Yeah. And then you can spread yourself out a bit more. And when you have multiple skills and talents, you know, you don't have to just do any one thing. I don't, same thing with me and my mental health journey. Um, my therapist uh, really questioned or, or, or pushed me to question, rather, I should say, the importance of music in my life and how I could still live a happy life if it didn't exist at all. You know, what what ways can I still live a fulfilling life? What ways can I still be the same person? 
um what ways can we can i still grow and uh can i give myself more options you know just because things don't go plan a plan b plan c plan d it doesn't mean that it can't still work out for you um, on top of that your way may not be the best way we always have these things in our head and then mm-hmm. when something for an instance I'm not saying that this is actually fact but um, let's say that you wanted to go to a certain label and, and that was your whole goal I want to sign to this label and then you find out like a year later the whole label crumbled from bankruptcy and stuff and you're pissed because you couldn't get on that label sometimes it's your protection and you just can't see everything and it's not for you to understand everything but just go with the journey mm-hmm. and it can land you in a better situation than you ever thought that you needed to be <laughs> mistakes and failures let me tell you yes some of the biggest safety nets I had to learn that the hard way. (laughs) Biggest safety nets. Man, I, you know, and I've always told myself I would just kind of be patient over time and things would figure themselves out. And then when you get to a certain point, you've been waiting so long, you like, I mean, I would really like to finally just get there though. Mm -hmm. No, if you focus on your growth and your development and your learning in the process, by the time you get there, the way you'll be prepared. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I agree. Embrace that journey because it's yes. going to lead you where you need to go and it's going to be beautiful. It's because it's yours. Trust. Yes. So.